Welcome to Israel. Why is the Middle East important? We Christians are the Notsrim, according to most Jews today. We are the watchers on the wall. Our purpose as members of the Commonwealth of Israel is to serve and protect God's people. After the formation of the world, God enacted a plan, and that plan began in the Middle East at the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. And that plan concludes in that same place. The context of the entirety of God's plan begins and completes in and with Israel. There is no denying that, nor refuting it, if you are a Jew or a Christian, and the anthropological evidence verifies it. For the purposes of this podcast, Israel is both a nation and a people. Welcome, friends. This is Jeff Pelletier with Neil Johnson, and we are Israel. Why is the Middle East important? So welcome, all you Notsrim, all you watchers on the wall. We're glad to have you with us. And our continuous effort to help you understand the place that Israel has in the plan of God and in the world and how that plan is Israel and and everything having to do with Israel. And we've been chatting, uh, Neil and I, about the unseen realm, and we referred to a man uh, named Michael Heiser. And we talked uh, last time about Genesis chapter 6 and verse 4 and how these sons of God— The sons of God came and had relations with human women and produced Oh, the Nephilim. Nephilim. There you go. And we gave you verses to verify that and to understand that. And that's, you know, very important for us to to be able to do that. So today we're going to talk about the cosmic chess match that is Israel and how Israel is God's most favorite nation. He has he has none other. Actually, yes, the Tower of Babel, when or Babel, however you say it, when God divided up the nations, it talks about it in Deuteronomy. God divided up the nations. He kept He kept Israel as His cherished possession. He planned to begin a nation mm-hmm. almost as though He were starting again with uh, Israel, because by the time of Deuteronomy 32, when those mm-hmm. events were occurring, there mm-hmm. was no Israel yet. Right, right. So, yeah, they hadn't established themselves as a as a nation. They were a people, but they weren't a nation. Right, and 70 of them went down to Egypt, and then they grew and so on, but yep. they were not a nation at the time that Moses, in Deuteronomy's reflection, Deuteronomy 32, is mm-hmm. referring to the fact of, yep. hey, there was a human rebellion yep. And God said, Israel is my inheritance, and Mm -hmm. he assigned seemingly to other entities uh, the other nations of the world. Yeah, there you go. So the other, you know, and these other entities, you know, this is just more evidence that there's an unseen realm. That we don't see it all, we don't get it all. We we have the terse, as you always say, brief is another way to say it. Accounts in the Bible that tell us things, and it's it's people just read right by that and go and they move on. But it's evidence that there's something more going on here than meets the eye. Right. 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 Yeah. 
So let's talk, Neil, about the, the, the role of the unseen realm relative to Israel. What's the point? Right. Well, the point is that there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of talking heads, if mm-hmm. you will. That's mm-hmm. in quotes, talking mm-hmm. heads, pundits, if you will. Mm-hmm. Even among Christians, even among conservatives, uh, whatever you want to uh, label yourself as, as a believer, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, blame Israel, for instance, for this present catastrophe. Uh, speaking specifically about the war in Gaza and Hamas, they blame that Israel did it. One way or another, some of these military experts say that the precision was too good to be done by a radical group, Hamas. It was actually done by Israel. So and, what's, the, what's the point of all that blaming? Well, what, what's, why, why do they want to turn it on Israel? Well, again, God says in the psalm, and we yeah. refer to it, at least in our discussion, fairly often, Psalm 2, but it talks about the heathen raging. Mm-hmm. Why do they rage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it asks the question, why? Why do they rage? Yeah. And the important thing there is, there is an rebellion. There is opposition to God's plan of redemption of humanity. There's mm-hmm. opposition to it. Mm-hmm. And so everything that occurs, including this present blame Israel mm-hmm. by our government, mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Uh, the European Union, by others, by others, is the fact that where does that originate from? And it originates from these fallen entities, these fallen beings, of which you had indicated Michael Heiser is sort of the modern day champion. He's of kind this of the champion idea. of it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he kind of is. So. But but this this idea of opposition against Israel, what's the point of the opposition? The opposition would strictly be if you can thwart God's plan. Ah. And Christians, a lot of times, uh-huh. at least what I am familiar with, yeah. think in their theology yes. that these demonic, using that term as a catch-all, yes. these demonic entities know they've lost. Well... They may be afraid of loss, but they're insane. They're crazy. They're powerful, but they're crazy, meaning that they are still full of opposition. But they're very powerful and they're very smart. So both is true, right? And they want to thwart God's plan. Yeah. And because they think they can win. Because they think they can win. And and they to be true, to be told uh, yeah, truth be told, they they can't they could influence it if if we don't stand firm. Well, and that's the that's what I think what we're trying to show today, at least, and 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 shown in in the previous episode about some of these offspring called Nephilim. Mm-hmm. How did they even mm-hmm. occur? Were they really giant and mm-hmm. so on? Mm-hmm. And so we went through that, but this is a little bit deeper now in the fact that this unseen realm, as Michael Heiser calls it, or yes. popularized it, yes. or he's the present-day champion, yes. this unseen realm, mm-hmm. is very real, and it is in opposition to God's plan. Yeah. They are judged. We read about it. They have a very inglorious future, yeah. as we know from Scripture, but they still think, look, even if I can't defeat it, Maybe I can thwart it in some kind of way. And they have throughout millennia. They've tried to wipe out Israel, tried to kill the Jews in many ways and in many different arenas, many different times, Mm -hmm. many different Mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. 
if I can wipe out the Jews, yeah. I can wipe out God's plan. Yeah. What what we always say, no Jews, no salvation, no Israel, no salvation, no, salvation. no holy city, no, yeah. salvation. no salvation, no temple of God, yeah. no salvation. Yeah. That's right. They won. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. what we're faced with, the why. And the other the other thing about it, Neil, that I that I uh, surmised is God, you know, if as we read Revelation, it's going to finish the way it's finished. It's going to end the way it ends. But that's not really the point. God wants all to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. He wants every one of his creations to be in heaven with him. And the battle, I think, is for those souls in the present day. You know, if if we turn away, if we look by, if we withhold our help to a particular person, to a particular person that is in the grip or in the grips of demonic influence. If we don't try to help that person, that's a loss for God. He's going to lose that soul. Yeah, and again, for me, the way I perceive is who know ultimately is happening on certain levels. Only know, as mm-hmm. you indicate, very terse yeah, references yeah. in Scripture. Yep. For instance, Revelation. Yep. There's nothing new in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Nothing new. No. Nothing, no. nothing it's said all from the new. Old Testament. It's all yep. leading up yep. to and yep. included in yep. the book of John's uh, Revelation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's nothing new in that. And whether or not God wants all humanity specifically all humanity saved. Yeah, I, I think that that's his plan. That's what it says. Yeah, it seems like that's definitely his plan. But is that what ultimately is going to happen? Yeah. Does somebody who deliberately makes a choice, consciously makes a choice to be opposed to God, let's say, or God's mm-hmm. plan, mm-hmm. or the people of the mm-hmm. book, Israel mm-hmm. and so on, or Christianity mm-hmm. or whatever? Yeah. They even go to their death. I'm That's escaping exactly. right now on yes. this scholar who just yep. recently, in the last couple of years, had a big influence, and he died, and he went to his death yep. in opposition in to opposition. God, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And so, therefore, I think that yep. sometimes the idea of sometimes jockeying is yep. very, very true. Sometimes you have to try to read the situation spiritually. But at its core, we still go back to, what is this whole thing about this divine council or this divine assembly that Michael Heiser popularized mm-hmm. in our day or brought to light tremendously well in our day? It doesn't mean that Michael Heiser was right at all times on all things. That's not our argument at all. Our argument or our position is, I didn't even know that existed. Now, people, as you and I have talked about, Jeff, that have some sort of, using the term again, demonic oppression, Mm -hmm. demonic reality, they don't need to be convinced that there's something going on. Oh, they do not. Right? They feel it every day. But church people, if you will, whoever they are, church people often have their bias, their theological preference, their whatever they've been told first. We've talked about that before. Whatever they learn first is true, especially if they learned it in a from a good person or a good church or something miraculous happened, that becomes their reality. Our purpose and our struggle here today is to try to get our audience to realize there is a supernatural realm. Yeah. This whole thing, no matter yeah. how it comes from the pundits, if you will, yeah. that says something anti-Israel. Yes. Because they're just humans as well. Yes. They're not perfect, yep. but it is God's 
plan. Yep. And God has this blinking billboard throughout the Bible called Israel. Mm-hmm. And if you miss the big blinking billboard on yep. your path through life, right. on your drive through life, yes. you've missed almost everything. Yes, that's and, right. And the centrality is of Israel. So these beings yes. want to and have, yes. just read history, yes. have tried to thwart God's plan from the very first book of the Bible when the serpent came into the garden, which, again, Mm -hmm. we've said before, raises a lot of theological questions. Mm -hmm. But what was its purpose? Its purpose was, one, really, thwart God's plan. Yeah, it was. He was. He was trying to upset the apple cart. God said, uh, you will walk with me. I will walk with you. We'll be in the garden. You'll be my people. And the intent was that we would all live in that garden and we would all be with God. And then the serpent, the slimy crawler on the bottom of the, uh, you know, along the ground of the earth came in and started muddling, meddling, as it were, and convinced Adam and Eve to make a mistake, to, to sin against God, directly against God, to not to do the opposite of what he told them not to do, to do what they told him not to do. And God said, okay, there you go. And do over, starting over, you're out. You have to come back to me somehow, but I will prepare a way for you to come back to me somehow. And that was the journey that we're, we've, we're all on and we've been on since, since day one. But that plan at that very beginning, the attempt was to, to stop what God was wanting to do, which was for us to be with him, him to be with us. We would be in paradise forever. And there you go. So we've been, we've been on our way back to the garden ever since, right? On our way back to the garden ever since, and along the way, son of a gun, we find resistance to that idea. Yeah, there's a lot of resistance, and because it's all linked and surrounded and interwoven with the reality of there being an Israel. Yeah. If there's no Israel, God's plan is Mm -hmm. defeated. Now, you can say, well, that will never happen. I I happen to agree with that. That won't happen. But I don't want to be one of the ones that contributes to its minimization, if you will. I want to be one of the people that wants to see God's plan in its entirety. Just like you said, when he restored the garden, which is what the the human rebellion at Babel was, God said, go into all the earth, make it a new garden, if you will. They didn't do that. Mm -hmm. They said, let's just stay here and make a name for ourselves. There was a lot of conscious Mm -hmm. human rebellion. So Mm -hmm. we have at least a two angelic demonic rebellions against God, but we also have human rebellion against God. By the way, the Eve's rebellion, if you will, in yeah. the garden was not deliberate. No. But the Genesis 11 Babel story was a deliberate, conscious rebellion against God's plan. And that's what we see in our day, too. This is what's happening with Israel. Just just to go back to Eve there, you're saying because she was <laughs> deceived that's why it wasn't deliberate? It wasn't deliberate. And even God, while he had to judge humans, he didn't put them in the same category as this fallen entity who knew better, who right. understood. Right. And even yeah. Isaiah says, t- talks about him a little bit in chapter 14, I think, about what he thought and what he was attempting to mm-hmm. do and what he mm-hmm. conjured up. Yep. And by the time God comes in the flesh incarnate in the New Testament period, 
it was so mucked up, as it were, that mm-hmm. God said, I'll have to do this myself. And maybe that was always his plan. I'll do this myself because humans can't be trusted. They don't know. Yeah. Comparatively, and I got to be careful with this, but I always tell you, Jeff, humans are doofuses in comparison to yeah. these supernatural, powerful, demonic fallen entities that are very real. And that's what we're battling against. That's what Ephesians tells us and other places in the New Covenant tells us. This is our real battle. And this is what we're facing today as pertains to Israel. Why this seemingly sensical uh, opposition to Israel makes sense if there's no God and there's no biblical basis for Israel to have that territory then Israel shouldn't be there. And that's the prevailing wisdom, not maybe of our audience, not maybe of you and I, but certainly of the world today and the God of this world. So you're saying something that I think I'm going to repeat in a different way because I think it's it bears repeating and it bears being understood. The idea that if Israel isn't who it says it is, if Israel isn't the chosen people of God, if it isn't the holy nation that God parses out for himself, if it's not that, right, then it's just another country, right? And so if I lose sight as a Christian, if I, and this is, I'm talking to Christians when I say this, I'm not talking to myself, okay, because I get it. But if I'm, if I'm a Christian and I don't connect the present day Israel to the biblical Israel, If I don't make that connection, if I somehow believe that it was all finished in A.D. 70 when the temple was destroyed and Israel was no longer, and what we have now is just a reasonable facsimile thereof. It's a copy that we've created because we want to feel good about Israel. So we created a nation in 1948, and it's got nothing to do with the Bible. Okay? That's that's what a, a lot of Christians actually believe. And if that's true... Well, then you treat them, you treat Israel the way they're being treated, like a rogue nation who's stealing people, who wants to conquer these poor Palestinians, who wants to, you know, enslave them or whatever it is they're making up about them. You, that's what you do. You naturally do that. You 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 see Israel in a negative light because they're not the chosen people of God. Right. This is just a reasonable facsimile that we created in 1948. Right. And that's and that is at its core, the crux of what we're fighting against. And as our audience would say, I already believe I adhere. I've seen this event. I've had this reality. I'm born again or whatever mm-hmm. they've had, right? Yep, right. But most of Israel today, almost all of Israel today, meaning the actual land and people yes. in Israel yes. today, yes. they don't have that knowledge. They don't have that understanding or that belief system. Certainly in the West here, that would be almost scary to them. So let's go back to the what what Jesus said, the thief comes to do. Steal, kill, and destroy, right? right? Steal, kill, and destroy. You made a comment when we were prepping for today's show that a skunk is a skunk. And what a skunk is, smells like, what a skunk does, is what a skunk does. And that these evil entities only know steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all what they, they know. That, and they're skunks in the sense that they do what skunks do. Right. Uh, we, we referenced, uh, Jeff, uh, in a uh, previous uh, episode at least, and maybe other times, extra-biblical works. Sure. And a number of these extra-biblical works 
talk more specifically than the Bible does about what these entities were thinking mm-hmm. and what they are and what they decided to do. Yeah. So even though there are different categories of these divine beings, as Michael Heiser calls them, mm-hmm. it's, it comes from the Bible, divine counsel or divine assemblies, different different meanings. And Paul tells us in Ephesians and many other places, this is real stuff. This is who you're fighting at the core. Most Jews, if you will, most Israelis today, Mm -hmm. most humans Mm -hmm. look at that as total and absolute nonsense. So if they are right, hypothetically, which, you know, I don't believe they are right at all. But if they're right, then your point is exactly correct. Israel has no point, no purpose, no right to do what they're doing today. They yep. should actually, by numerics, numerically standards, yep. they should not even be there any no, longer. At all. At we, all. What do we need them for? We don't need it's, them. It's all right. a made-up thing. We it's do, made you know, up. It's, yeah. So, and, and, and it, there's theology, as you said, there's theology behind it. Then the theology is that God was done with Israel at the destruction of the temple in AD 70, and he, he he was done with them, and that's why he destroyed the city. Right, yeah, exactly. That's that's one theory of it's how he's theory. done, yep. and, and others yep. are at Pentecost, yep. God was yep. done. Yep. The idea for our yep. people here that are afraid and they're seeing or they're reading the news or seeing the news yep. and stuff is falling apart around them, it is not just happenstance. Mm-hmm. It is not just happenstance that Israel today is attacked. It is not happenstance that... Every previous war in history that involved Israel, present-day war, of which it's constant, it's been constant since 48, as you said, with different upheavals, we read about that, but it's not real to us. But today it's real, and our audience, or people that think somewhat like we do, want to know what's behind it. What is this? Where are we going? Are we in that day, and why is thing are things falling apart? And the reality, the answer to that is, it's all about Israel, because Israel is God's plan. It's its blinking billboard, as we said. I mean, if they can defeat God's plan for Israel, they have won. And all of this is not by accident or happenstance. It's all for a purpose. It is for a reason, and that is we are coming into the culmination. Whatever day we're on, whether we're in, like we said last program, Gog and Magog of Ezekiel or or heading up to Armageddon, or who cares? Who cares? It's not the point. The point is this is demonic, using that term broadly for all of these entities, demonic manifestation into our realm. And Jeff, I hate to say it, but it is going to get worse. So buckle up. Yeah. To our audience, buckle up as best as we can as humans, yeah. because our Savior is coming. The main cog in his plan is present-day Israel. So, of course, these demonic entities would be trying to thwart Israel. And the fact is, you said we're the watchmen, we're the notes ream. Yeah, we have a very specific duty, and that is to holler out, to cry out, to be forceful in saying God has a plan 
for restored Israel, for the holy city, for the people called Jews with their DNA, which is the same DNA that Jesus had, Mm -hmm. right? He Mm -hmm. didn't have Norwegian DNA as far as we know. He had Jewish DNA and we know that he's coming and there's opposition and we read about there's always been opposition and rebellion. So I'm of the opinion, Neil, that as as I look at the Bible, God's going to end it and it's going to he's going to win. But the church's role in this is to make it says in Ephesians three ten, to make the manifold wisdom of God known to the powers and the principalities in the heavenly realms. Right. That's the the purpose of the church that Paul Paul says that's the purpose of the church to make the manifold wisdom of God known to the powers and the principalities in the heavenly realms. And I think the way we do that because wisdom is what you do, wisdom isn't what you think, wisdom is what you do, it's wise action that we're supposed to live in accordance with God's plan. We're supposed to live in accordance with what God wants, God, and, and we're supposed to uh, demonstrate to the heavenly realms that they can't win me. They can't win me, that, that I'm, I'm with God and I'm standing with God against you, and I'm going to—and I just think that's, that's the message that, that we say when we love our neighbor. That's the message that we say when we, when we bring the gospel to a, per, a personal friend or try to help them be saved, when we, when we extend a hand to heal— someone when we when we do a work of kindness all of these things are demonstrating to the powers and the principalities of god powers in the heavenly realms that that this is god's wisdom right. this is what god wants us this is the right way throughout scriptures in various ways and various times over the centuries of the scriptural writings there's been reference to these the, the reality of this what michael heiser again calls the on seen realm. Over and over and over, it talks about these realities. Now, the whys, why is this? Why is that? The whys, W, you know, H, Y, whys, not I'm wise, (laughs) the why, why is, is because (laughs) is throughout scripture that uh, there are many reasons of whys. Yeah. How's yes. wise? Yeah, multiple wise. Multiple, yes. multiple yes. wise. Correct. And God asked that very question: yeah. Why? In Psalm two, we, we've I'm we looking right out, at it right yeah, now. Why do the heathen rage? I'm why? Gonna, I'm going to read it. I'm and He answers it. why they rage. They are against God, and let's, that's let's the rage. It. Let's read it, Neil. Okay. It says, "Why? Why are the heathens in an uproar and the peoples?" devising a vain thing, the peoples, all the nations. The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed one, saying, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, that's God, the Lord scoffs at them. Right. Right. As we've talked many times too, God is not laughing about the calamity that's no. facing Israel no, today. Not at all. There's different types of laughter. He is laughing in derision. Yes. He's laughing Scuffing. at Who these, do you think you are laughing? Who you who do you think you're gonna beat me? These humans in conjunction with knowingly or unknowingly, some are knowingly, yeah. very few, but God is talking to his created beings of which it's orchestrated at its core by the prince of the power of the air, the God of this world, as the New Testament calls it. Uh, The God of this world is behind this 
anti-Israel agenda, no matter how it comes. And that's what we are commanded. That's what we want to do is focus on the why, the why, which is I am not in rebellion to God. I want to as best as I can as a human. And God was laughing because he laughed in derision. How can these created beings, divine or human, how can they think they can thwart my plan? And yet the reality is it's an ugly day for Israel today. It's an ugly, horrible, vicious, dirty day for Israel today. And that's what we see. I can't, I cannot fathom and understand why the, the world doesn't really know what happened on October 7th. I don't understand how people have not, I mean, I've, I've looked into some of the things that happened. It, it's, I, I, I can't even talk about it. It's so terrible. The things that were done, the rapes and, and, the, and, and, and the dismemberments and the cutting off. And it just, nobody, I don't know why that's allowed to not be understood. I don't, I mean, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible dis, injustice, injustice that people aren't, they really don't understand. And to a Jew, this kind of thing, having been done to them, 1,200, 1,500, whatever it was, a lot, right? In one day, they're, they're, they're absolutely within their right to, to, to avenge that and to make sure it never happens again, and which is all they're doing. And it's the same spirit that from the very beginning that, that, that's motivating people today. And that's the purpose of our broadcast today yeah. is to try to tell people, look, I know it's a fearful day, but this isn't just random. Right. There's purpose behind this. Yep. There are entities behind this. Yep. There is a reality behind this. And it's fearful. But the good news is the Bible tells us fear is the beginning of wisdom. Hmm. The so, fear of the Lord. So if you're yes. afraid, yeah. if you're afraid at all, yeah. you are going to, and you are asking the Lord for help because everybody's afraid, but not everybody's asking the Lord. But that fear, having fear is the beginning. And God will say, oh, you're afraid. I don't blame you. Let me show you what's really happening. And that mm. is the point of our podcast mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Fear is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be wise? Do you want to just go through life assuming it's a bunch of happenstance and Israel's just as much to blame or more so than the next guy. No, God has a plan for ultimate redemption. And if you have fear of God and you're wondering in your heart why, God says, great, let me show you. And that will be the beginning steps of wisdom. This has been a great discussion for this episode of Israel. Why is the Middle East important? I look forward to how this continues to unfold. As you can tell, Neil and I enjoy talking about the subject as it helps us to get to the root of the matter about God and why Israel and the Middle East are so important. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Email us at whyisthemiddleeastimportant at gmail.com. That's whyisthemiddleeastimportant at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, please invite your friends to the conversation. One thing Neil and I always say to each other is, I don't know, because the only way we know is to not know. Once you have it all figured out, you stop learning. And that state of mind is what helps us to learn and grow. We invite you into that journey with us. 
from Neil Johnson and me, Jeff Pelletier, shalom, and see you next time. Hello.